the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's the 411 on my 401k? You're in the right place. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Biden is getting low marks from rural America when it comes to his policies on climate change. AP VoteCast, that's a sweeping survey of the 2022 midterm electorate, shows clear differences between urban and rural communities in voter sentiment. Around 6 in 10 urban voters approve, but the figure drops to roughly 4 in 10 for rural voters when it comes to the president's handling of the climate. Republicans won the majority in the House for the new Congress. A new speaker needs to be selected. California's Kevin McCarthy, the presumptive choice, but not so fast, says Arizona's Andy Biggs. Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes now. He's not going to get them by January 3rd. He's going to offer up anything he can think of to try to get those votes. Biggs, speaking with a Salem radio network, said he would be one of those to challenge McCarthy when the GOP conference is set to meet on January 3rd. This is SRN News. Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. What keeps me going back is the great service that I get. While I've been releasing cars from them for quite a few years, they always get me in, they get me out in a timely manner. Hello, this is Denise from West St. Paul. I've had routine service, mostly. The only time I ever have a different type of service is like if I get a nail in my tire. They got me in the same day. Then I was in and out of the dealership. They put me in a rental car, and I was on my way back to work on my lunch hour. I definitely would recommend Invergrove Hyundai. I mean, I don't want to get to know anyone else because of how they treat me. Top-notch service. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Yes! Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440, second hour of today's show. Um, Last day of classes was yesterday here at St. Cloud State. Final start Monday. Um, the, The building always feels a little... Uh, more full. It's even more full this term because we have uh, 
We have, uh, uh, at this time, because, of course, we have a theater. The theater in which we are doing our graduation ceremonies is in the building I'm sitting in. Um, And I I often joke, I spend more time here in this building than I do in my own house. Um, It only feels feels like it's true. But normally this building is pretty dead on a Saturday uh, when I'm doing the show. But uh, today it's kind of lively down there. I know there's a... I know there's a concert happening uh, down. Uh, uh, there's a concert happening in the uh, here, the St. Cloud Symphony, along with um, along with uh, one of the local chorales is uh, doing their their holiday program tomorrow. I think we have tickets to it too. I believe. Um, so so we're looking forward to doing that, and the building's just alive, and so it's the, it's it is that it is that season when things are coming in. Um, People could call us, of course, 651-289-4477, where we find John on line one. Good morning, John. Welcome to the King Banyan Show. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Yes, I wanted to ask you about how you might distinguish something what might be referred to as a typical seasonal slowdown compared to an actual recession. What I'm leading up to is after the after Christmas sales and so forth are done around maybe January 15th, if we continue to have an adverse weather pattern like they're getting out west, we had a couple blizzards or some major snowstorms, and people just didn't get out and shop. Um, how is that distinguished differently from an actual quote-unquote recession? And, and could that actually happen? And I also wanted to say to you that you seem to have been way ahead again of these forecasts that are coming out about the recession now. I think, I, like I said, I heard you about five or six weeks ago. You were saying what people are saying now. Yeah. I, well, thank you. I, I, I think I'm more. I, I mean, it took me, John. It took me a, a long time because I had to, of course, as you know, I had to slog through everyone in July and August saying, "Well, two quarters, two quarters, two quarters," and 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 I and I said, "Well, let's just hang on because there's a lot of other information that doesn't match." The two-quarter piece. The two-quarter piece should be taken in the context of everything else that's happening. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. But, John, let me get to your question about how do we distinguish seasonal slowdowns from a recession? Well, one thing we do is is we perform a statistical technique that, that's referred to as seasonal adjustment. So um, in many places... Um, you'll only get the data that have already been filtered to pull out the season, the normal seasonal pattern. So here in in Saint in the Saint Cloud area, because here they don't do that, I replicate the technique that that uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the U.S. Census does. Uh, I use their I use their uh, uh, algorithm to filter my data to look at what's there. And the filter is I typically get about a 15% drop in employment in the retail sector in January versus December. It didn't happen in it didn't happen this past year because a lot of businesses were were a lot of owners and a lot of a lot of managers were looking at that workforce and they're like well, if I need them back at some point, how am I going to get them? They all had these stories about how hard it was to find workers. So that ended up making that number look higher because they didn't lay off as many as they normally do. Right? So when we do a forecast, when we write something uh, about about you know where that peak is, we will have tried to pull out both the typical trend line and the typical seasonal factor, which, you know, we can do by by just knowing which month of, or quarter of the year it is. That's, that's, the, that's the standard way we do it. And we think that simply this particular season, when it ends, we are expecting that the drop in employment at retailers will be larger um, one thing, John, that I think will happen as well is more businesses 
who are sitting on lots of inventory will get to the end of the big sales cycle, the after-holiday sales that you mentioned, and they'll close. I think you'll see a lot of stores uh, with going out of business sales in January and February because there's because according to all the information, they were sitting on lots of inventory and that it's now gone. Now, I, I'm a little more hesitant to give that forecast, I think, but... but if this is if this fits everything else that we've seen, that is something I would expect to happen in January and February. So that's a season, that's a seasonal impact. John, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it very much. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that 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 look from uh, uh, from consumers. This was uh, Joanne Sue. Uh, she is a researcher at the University of Michigan. The university puts out, has put out a consumer sentiment survey. Oh, golly, must go back. Let's see, when did he start that? Probably in 68, 69. A professor at, at, at Michigan started this survey back in the 60s, and they have this long track record. He no longer does it. He's passed the baton to another another group of folks. She was, she was on Bloomberg uh, earlier this week and had this to say. So the dip in the one-year inflation data is actually a good sign. Um, it is telling us that consumers are feeling like inflation is waning a little bit. Uh, part of it is due to um, uh, gas prices coming down. And indeed, consumers believe that gas prices are not really going to change in the year ahead. But that is something that could uh, change quite quickly as global factors evolve. And so there's this little little uh, odd spot here where uh, declining inflation rate where you're still getting inflation, but it's happening in other goods and the things that we see all the time. I mean, my, my, I, we've had to go to a number of holiday parties over the last, uh, over the last uh, week or so. And um, my wife continues to call out the price of gasoline on stations we're driving by. Oh, look at that, 268. Oh, 259, look at that. And... And it's just a reminder to me that the average consumer, my wife is, my wife's training was actually in political science and psychology. She's not an economist. She's just, but she's got a keen sense of social sciences in my mind. And she, and, and I, you know, the most, the most noticeable, when I ask you a question about inflation, the average consumer probably overweights their last bits of information about gas prices into their expectation. Now, I do not know how much you've spent watching the oil price caps against Russia and and I haven't talked much about this but but the the clogging of the Bosporus as Turkey is insisting that any ship going through the Black Sea out the Bosporus into the Med or even going up the Danube into Europe, all of those ships need to have now some written uh, documentation of insurance, which was not the intention, which was not the intention of uh, what was supposed to happen here. So Turkey is actually choking off some oil. The Russians have said in response to this cap that they don't want to sell, they're only going to deal with with countries that buy oil, quote-unquote, on a market basis. But who knows what the market basis price is? And it's been set at a price that still allows Russia to have a lot of profit, but uh, it just maybe not as much as they had before. And it has a very imperfect adjustment mechanism to changes in the world price of oil. At the same time, OPEC has said it's not going to increase production. It's looking at the decrease in demand as well. And this change in the price of gasoline is impacting folks in the short term, but also in the medium term. And I will just say, I believe that there's a lot of uncertainty in my mind about what's happening with the price of oil. But here's the one point that I don't think you hear about this. Early in the year, when the, when the, when the, when the war in Russia began, what were interest rates? Well, the Fed had just barely started its its rate hike cycle. 
They were still near zero. The 10-year treasury was still below 2%. And here comes this oil, and everyone's starting to think about think about looking at the world out there, and you wake up and you are a you are an energy firm, and you're thinking about, well, how do I maneuver in this place so I can make sure my business stays stays a going concern? The one thing you would probably do is think about, well, next winter there's going to be a lot of demand for oil, so I need to stockpile. And so you saw people stockpiling, building out liquid natural gas, uh, uh, liquid natural gas facilities in Germany, something that's supposed to take three years. They've actually started receiving LNG in Germany on ports that they only built over an eight-month period after being told it would take you know, two to two and a half years, they telescoped the whole engineering process. It's amazing what they did. They they probably got lucky too, but they decided we're going to take the risk and we're going to see if we can't build this out in an eight-month period and so we can have it ready before the end of 2022. And they did it, right? What that has meant has been two, we've had now two things that have happened. All of a sudden, you've had You've had a rise. You've had this ability to move natural gas in, so you don't have. So you have an easier energy situation in Europe than we probably would have expected four months ago. So those who bought all of the gas and oil, speculating that the price was going to peak uh, at high rates, are not seeing those high prices. At the same time. Do you think they paid cash for that oil and gas back in March and April when they were trying to figure out what would Europe need this coming winter? No, they probably borrowed that money, and those are probably floating rate loans. And that loan probably cost you 3% in in, in May and probably cost you 7% or 8% now. So there is a pretty strong demand to close out that position, sell out that oil, because the cost of carrying for the speculator is double, maybe even triple what it was only six to eight months ago. That's a, Fed, that's a Federal Reserve impact. That's a, that's a Bank of England impact. That's an ECB impact that is causing the price of gas right now and price of oil to decline because it's being flooded short term. With all this stuff, and even though people know that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve has to replace the oil that they pumped out back at, back when we were seeing four and four and a half dollar gallons of gas, that they have to buy that back, and they have to buy that back at a rate that they've already said they're going to do. The cost of stockpiling to try to take advantage of that is too high because interest rates are too high. Okay, we need to take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment, is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So, yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. Get into the spirit at thefishtwincities.com. Fishtwincities.com. It's a marshmallow world in the winter. Tune in now for the soundtrack of the season, supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Listen in with the free Fish Twin Cities app. Fish Twin Cities app. 
Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Thousands of young people are dying from counterfeit prescription drugs laced with lethal doses of fentanyl. Just one counterfeit pill laced with fentanyl can kill. Visit OnePillKilled.org to learn more. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Let me run through just a couple other. So we've given you the, the uh, um, gave you that clip from uh, Joanne Sue at uh, University of Michigan. In their consumer confidence uh, survey, the employment expectation fell one point. It's the lowest number they've had since August of 2011. So consumers, workers by and large, are less certain about their employment situation than was but then they than they have been in the past um but uh by and large again you have uh, that number rose to 59.1 from 56.8 and that's a full two points above the forecast um what they those that said it was a good time to buy a car or truck was up three points after falling by seven last month um we're looking for another vehicle ourselves and one of the and one of the tr- contributing factors is that it does look from all the data about used car prices that they have, in fact, begun to reverse from the extremely high levels that they were four to six months ago. Um, so in some sense, you know, what we heard from uh, 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 Lizanne Saunders regarding a rolling recession, there certainly is, I mean, there's truth to the fact that well, this has moved from sector to sector to sector, Okay. But turning that into a, com- a discussion of a rolling recession strikes me as a little bit odd. But I'll, I'll, we'll set that up. I don't want to pick, pick out of this. Throughout the sur- – okay, so the U of M said – University of Michigan, I should say, because I, I have to remind myself I'm in Minnesota. Uh, the University of Michigan said there were more notable gains in confidence for higher-income families and those with larger stock holdings supported by recent rises in financial markets. On inflation, quote – Throughout the survey, concerns over high prices, which remain high re- relative to just prior to this current inflationary episode, have eased modestly. The other fact that's in there that I think is interesting is is the Atlanta Fed published its wage data in its growth tracker, uh, saw wages still at a 6.4% year-over-year increase, no change from October. The wage growth for job switchers, uh, is now is now 8.1% year over year, up from 7.6% in October. But that stat really peaked in July, and it's still, it, it, even though it's pretty high still, right? In the 20 years prior to COVID, if you switch jobs, the average increase in your annual wage was 3.7%. If you, sw- if you didn't switch jobs, in that in that period between 2000 and 2019, your average was a wage increase of 3.2 percent. So switching a job got you an act got you like a half percent additional uh, income year over year. Now that spread is down to nine tenths percent, 
Um, now, so, okay, so job steers are now currently at five and a half percent year over year. Go back to something I talked about a little bit ago. Another way in which people talk about underlying inflation is by looking at the wage inflation information. That at some point, wage inflation and goods and services inflation, uh, non-labor services inflation, basically one will lead and the other will lead. And this is kind of, again, what some of what, what you know what, let's go ahead and play that again because so, there's some people that will not have heard, heard us play this. Uh, before this is back on Lizzie and Saunders. I'd like to play that first cut from her, please. Play that again, Spencer. And I think that there's just more realization that the the path from here is to slower growth. Whether we ultimately find it's declared an official recession, as you and I have talked about, I think we're in already a form of recession. It's just of a rolling variety. We've seen the hit to areas like housing, to certain segments within the good side of the economy, the areas that had the, the big surge in the early stage of the pandemic. That was also the breeding ground for the inflation problem we're still dealing with. That then went into recession-type conditions, disinflation in the good side of the economy, housing-related, but we've got the offsetting lift on the services side, which services is a larger employer, so that has kept the labor market afloat. So that, that transition has been happening, and that number, that switch between job switchers and job stayers in the Atlanta Fed growth uh, wage growth tracker, I'll, I'll let me... I'll, I'll get myself to tweet that to you at the break. Um, it's because it's a, it's an important piece. Uh, I'll, I'll hit the Twitter. So I've, I just had to reserve myself the page. You will see it uh, there right now that uh, if I look at job switchers versus uh, if I look at the job switchers versus job stayers right now, again, uh, job switchers uh, year over year, seven it's, I have to take that back. That's much higher. 7.7% year over year versus a job stayer at 5.5%. You can get an extra 2% by getting a new job. So 6.2 is the number for for the annual uh, there. And, yeah, I'll go ahead and just tweet that to you. What that, what that, what, what Saunders is talking about is the fact that those switches are happening in different places. So if I then also look at what's going on, and it's different, where are the biggest wage increases happening right now? They're actually in leisure and hospitality, and in manufacturing, and in finance and business services, and in trade and transportation. Where are they less? They're less in public administration and education, and now even in construction. But if I look, you know, and if I look at what's happening in, in the in terms of education, those with a high school diploma had their wages increase overall six point six percent, associate's degree six point three percent, bachelor's degree five point eight percent. I believe that's the transition that's happening, and that that's likely to reverse in the next six months. If the, we're in a recession, that piece is going to reverse. That's not a rolling recession. That's just the fact that different sectors of the economy move at different times. I can use some sectors of the economy to tell me what's happening. In our quarterly business report, I always take a look at that professional and business services industry. Uh, and, and, and if I look at that finance and business services industry, that typically rolls over in no small part because of the end of hiring so many temporary workers. When I know when temporary workers are doing better or worse, that that gives me a good indication of where the economy is is going in the next in the next six months, and I'm able to actually get that data down at the level of a Mankato or a St. Cloud or Duluth or something like that. And I, I find that's actually a helpful that's a helpful measure that we can that we can use. Again, our local forecast published uh, this coming week in the in Coming, the, coming up tomorrow in the print edition of the St. Cloud Times and and hopefully is we, which should be on newsstands now uh, uh, for the Sunday paper and then also you will you, you'll get it online come to our website at scsu.mn/qbr and we'll 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 link you out to the right place 
or if you follow me on Twitter at poundkbrs, you will also see um, you'll also see the report as uh, as it becomes available online. Um, we focused on on this measure, you know, in terms of those wage changes, and in terms of where this where the employment's growing and where it's not growing, as being indicative of why we think a recession is going to be happening in the next few months. Let's take a break here. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only do they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Hey, everybody, it's Charlie Kirk here. There's a war for our country's soul that is waging right now. And we here at TPUSA Faith are ready to equip and encourage Christians around this nation to stand for biblical truth and to turn the tide of our nation. As we approach the end of 2022, I want to let you know about an opportunity. A generous friend has stepped up to offer $75,000 match. That means your year-end gift to TPUSA Faith will be doubled dollar for dollar, Meeting this match in full will enable TPUSA Faith to finish this year on strong financial footing, ready to advance the biblical values of faith and freedom in 2023. Would you help defend faith and freedom now with a tax-deductible donation to TPUSA Faith? When you do, your gift will help generations of Americans to defend their freedoms and shine the light of Christ into our increasingly dark nation. Thank you, friends, for your partnership in standing firm for the soul of our great nation. I remember how old I was when this came out. I think that's what, 1970, 69? I think I was in junior high. And man, we danced, we danced a lot to this song. Love that. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, King Banging Show, The Biz 1440. Uh, just, just having a good time here uh, and reflecting on, reflecting on things uh, as we sort of work, work our way through getting to where I think everybody sort of accepts that there is a recession at hand. Um, maybe has started during the fourth quarter. I don't think so. It is very possible, and that's why John's question a couple segments ago on uh, at six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. John's question was so valuable, right? How do you pull out those seasonal factors in January? Well, we use we actually 
There's an accepted statistical technique, even though that's been tweaked a couple times. When I was a when I was a young pup economist, it was called the Census X11 method. They are now on X13. Uh, so, and I have I've I've updated the algorithm every time they do. Um, I am not I am not a, a statistical theorist uh, with with skills enough to actually do my to create my own customized way of doing statistical uh, adjustments. There are a number of ways, by the way, to do it. And um, as someone that used to think that, well, it's very possible my my student will never have a piece of powerful econometric software on their desktop. I would teach all my students how to do it with how to do all these techniques with a spreadsheet, because somewhere in my first three to four years of teaching, um, I got my first copy of Lotus One Two Three, and and I will say it it ended up being revolutionary in in how I do my work. Um, and so I taught it to every to all of my students. I would give them, you know, model spreadsheets uh, and so forth to say, here, if you need to do statistical adjustment, here's a here's a sheet that does uh, quarterly adjustments. Here's one that does monthly adjustments. Um, I typically didn't build one for them to do dailies and so forth. Um, I think we're at hand for where that is, but in, but you're but that point is valid. You can get fooled by a number of things. So maybe, maybe just briefly, because I did want to talk about one or two other items that are not, not related to the to the recession piece. Is um, is what would get me to change my mind? Because I, I I'm always open to the fact that I I could change my mind. I'm open to the idea that the that the National Bureau of Economic Research may go back, look at the data, and say that there was a recession in the first half of 2022. That would be extraordinary. It would be very unusual compared to what they've done in the past. But as I say, we're in extraordinary times, and very possibly they may they may come back and say, yeah, we kind of missed that. There should have been something in the beginning of 22. So that's possible. Dismissing that, what else might change my mind about the one now? What would get me to say, oh, we shouldn't have said recession in the newspaper on December 11th of, 20, of 2022? Um what won't do it is something happening in Russia or elsewhere that causes, um, say, oil prices to spike again. What won't cause it for me is is the impact of uh, China ending z- its zero COVID policy, which may spike demand and drive inflation up rapidly or might actually end up flooding the U.S. with goods that have been waiting to be shipped out of China. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, and it may be nothing at all. It may be a collapse in demand because because it turns out their folks were the the Chinese population was immuno naive and ends up being very 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 sick as a result. I have no idea. I just don't. So, um. I would like to think about, I mean, so I'm thinking about that. So what would change my mind? Okay. What would change my mind would be, what would change my mind would, first of all, be a mistake by the Federal Reserve. My forecast assumes the Fed's going to raise rates to five to, to five to five and a quarter percent. I think that's where they land. And I think that's enough to break, to, to cause the economy to actually have negative GDP, at least in the first half at least in the second and third quarters of 2023, maybe in the first quarter, but certainly in the second and third quarter, I, that's when I expect to see the negative GDP come on. That's almost certainly that that if they didn't, if the Fed if the Fed came out on Wednesday and said said we're only going to raise rates 25 basis points because we see the economy softening rapidly, that takes me in one direction. If they come out and say 75 basis points because they, they don't think they've got a good enough grip on inflation yet, that takes me in a different direction. If they say 75 and that we should expect to go past 5.5%, that's a very different world. So Fed policy is certainly an issue that could cause that to change. The other piece that I think is really important to think about is 
some dis- okay some additional evidence about what I think is still a glut of savings, particularly in higher income families who were able to maintain their income probably through remote work, receive the same size the same size uh, stimulus checks for in 2020 and 2021 have healthy brokerage accounts and are therefore going to increase their amount of consumption. If I'm wrong, if all of a sudden high-income folks stop buying luxury goods, and that's sort of the sector I'm keeping my eye on, if I see the demand for luxury goods drop dramatically, we're still at hotel occupancy rates about 7% off, I think that's all from the replacement of business travel with Zoom meetings. But if all of a sudden that went back down to a 15% negative or a 20% negative, that would be indicative to me that things are, are getting worse. If it turns out that that the per, you know, all of a sudden the price jumps back, hockey, hotels are full, people are buying, you know, you know, uh, luxury watches, uh, high-end cars, uh, that would change my mind. Okay? I'm trying to think through the other things. I'm getting ready to give a presentation on Thursday. I'll shoot you the link to, if you want to participate because you can watch us online. Um, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to watch us online there. Um, and we will have... We, I'm going to try and think about what other things there are in that piece. All right. I want to take a break from that because... Just in terms of scheduling for the show, next week we will have both the inflation report and the and uh, the Federal Reserve's FOMC meeting on that's Monday and Wednesday, and so the entire show is probably going to get occupied by that. So I don't think I'm going to talk too much about about uh, uh, the holiday season, but I wanted to say something because uh, Tim Harford, who's the who whose first book, I think it was his first book. The Undercover Economist, I thought was one of those wonderful popularizations of the field of economics. Um, and and Tim is clearly kind of a center-left guy, uh, writes for the Financial Times, um, but is really good about digging into data. His later work has been on, uh, has been titled The Data Detective, um, but is also great about economics. It was one of the guys that popularized a paper that I remember reading many years ago in the American Economic Review, the title of which was The Deadweight Cost of Christmas, which sounds horrible. Joel Waldfogel, who at the time he wrote this, and I think he's still there at the University of Pennsylvania, was there then, certainly. I think he's still at Penn. Um, I should have looked this up before. Uh, Walt Fogel wrote that article and then followed it up with a book that's called Scroogeonomics, uh, published, I think, in the mid-2000s, and so about 15 years ago. And it feels like every year we dig out Walt Fogel's piece. And what does it basically say? It says, we spend a bunch of money at Christmas that we probably don't need to, that it's wasteful. So what do we mean by that? Okay. Oh, the, the point being this. We often receive gifts that are not perfect for us. We receive gifts to which we say, I didn't really want that. How many of you have a gift in a closet that someone gave you, perhaps provided to you excitedly, and because it's not your small child... Because your small child gives you a gift that's really like, what the heck is that? It becomes cute, and you have to, you have to uh, pay attention to that. You have to, um, you, 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 you know, when my child gives me a, a, a an absolute hideous tie. If they're ten, I wear it. If they're twenty, I don't. But by and large. And now hold on to that because I think that's an important that's an important point in this story. But what Walt Fogel does is go through a, a, basically a, a, an accounting exercise, a sort of but applying some economic logic, and largely argues that about twenty percent of the money spent at Christmas time 
is wasted. It is money that goes to the seller for a good. And so if I spend $10 on getting you a Christmas, uh, well, tie would, okay, so let me make it a $50 Christmas tie. On average, you will value that tie at $40, meaning that if you had gone to the store, you had seen that tie, and you say, oh, that's an interesting tie. What does it cost? Well, it costs 50 bucks. You'd say, no, nah, I'm not interested. I don't want to buy that. Now, if it had been $40, you would have bought that. So, in essence, Wolf Fogel argues, you destroyed $10 of value. You paid $50 for something that's worth only 40 which means that you have $10 less to buy something else that actually has value to you. And that's the destruction of that's the destruction of wealth. That in fact is a loss. It's horrible, right? And in the I, I tweeted Harford's uh, uh, podcast this week. It's worth listening to. They don't take long. Uh, it's done by the, the by the Pushkin Studios that uh, are created by Malcolm Gladwell, uh, and and so it's in that universe of stuff. And Gladwell does has a whole uh, slew of different podcasts, and this is the this is my favorite of the ones that he does. Uh, but what he says is, think about the fact that we if we're producing twenty percent too much stuff for Christmas, we're also probably polluting the economy to by you know more than we need to. We should find a better way. But my point is, a better way for what? The answer to that after this, you're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Brighten someone's day with the free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. 
salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. think that should be a top 10 song <laughs> i just absolutely adore that song it's, it's survived was it 60 is it 60 years old now probably or just about um anyway thank you thank you for playing that uh uh, uh spencer and thank you for uh, being with me today just just having a great time talking about uh talking about economics talk about the r word i'll get after the show's over, I'm going to post for you the link to our where our new quarterly business report will be. I will post for you where you can come he, where you can come online or in person. We'll be at the Sartell Community Center uh, talking to uh, people in our community. We've got about there'll be about fifty or so people there. You can certainly be one of them. There's room. Uh, come join us uh, and um, come join us. But if you don't want to make the drive because you're living down there in the Twin Cities, we're online. You can join us that way too. Uh, we'll get that information up for you just after we're done here today. But let me go back to this Christmassy story that I'm trying to tell you regarding uh, regarding the dead weight cost of Christmas, which I'm, it's not going to be the title of this because I I don't that's not what I'm looking for. Um, the the idea is that there's this mismatch between what it is that the giver is trying to provide. And what it is that the recipient, in fact, receives. So there is a there. So I tweeted to you the piece that was just reposted by Harford. This was his 2021 Financial Times column. I swear to God, he does one of these every year to the point of annoyance for me. It's like, okay, you know what? The horse is dead, Tim. Um, you can stop now. Uh, but he's he seems to be insisting insisting on 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 working on this point. That, but he does have in this, this very interesting moment, and it sort of informs one of the things we do. So let me go back to where we started. Walt Fogel says, when I go out and buy a gift for you, for buy you something, I'm destroying value because my perception of, my perception of how much you will value that gift is less than what I'm paying for it. And my point is always, my point when I've answered this is, a cost is always cost to somebody. It's it's not the thing that has the cost. So if you buy me a tie, okay, it is it is a different act than me buying a tie. When I buy you a when I buy you a tie, you're receiving the tie wrapped. And I am engaged in this moment of having you look at the gift and smile and give me this reaction to say, yeah, man, you really get me, King. I just love this tie. This is great. I've invested in that moment for you. And, and, and one, of the, one of the articles that Harford cites in that 2021 Financial Times piece just linked it out to you. On, on Twitter using the hashtag pound KBRS is is the moment I unwrap that if I'm the recipient of the tie at the moment I unwrap the tie it's the beginning of my time with the tie and I have to decide what will I be doing with this tie when will I wear it where will I wear it when do I when is it safe for me to get rid of it because it's ugly or or oh my gosh why did I never seen that tie before that's fantastic or something like that one of the lessons that people took from the Wald Fogel study was that maybe what we should do is give each other cash. Because the value of the $50 to me given to you is going to be worth whatever it is that $50 buys you that you like the most. But the part of that that's avoided is the fact that there's nothing really cool about unwrapping a check. Right. 
Uh, you know, you open up, oh, there's a check. Yay, hey, thank you. That's awesome. I can really use the money. Now, I give my kids money at Christmas time. In one case, she probably doesn't necessarily need the money. And in my son's case, he works in the service industry in a low-paying service job. Probably needs the money. They're going to have two different reactions to that. But the thing I always try to make sure that happens is that what I've always felt is the Christmas gift is not a transaction. It is a signal. Right? The good to me is, you know, when I buy the thing for you, I'm giving you this gift as a signal of how it is I know you and what it means about our relationship. So while in the article Harford says it's not fun to wrap a uh, it's not fun to wrap concert tickets, I am blessed that I have children that are not embarrassed to go in public with me to go see a concert, and the fact that I like a lot of the more modern music that they like, not all of it. I can't. I okay. My son would probably like to go see the Metallica tour. I I there was a time I would have really enjoyed that. I'm in my sixties. It it. I, I'll I'll have a headache for two days, so I might give him the Metallica tickets, but and and he might value them because he might say, "Well, I couldn't have afforded to go unless you bought me the tickets." So that's really great, thank you, Dad. But he might also want to say, "But I'd like to do something with you," and that's the part of this story that I think always gets lost. What I really think we do at at Christmas time is to sort of engage in a gift that represents the relationship we have with each other. Rather than me trying to read your mind about what you might use when we're not together, let's just talk about the fact that I'm making this investment in our friendship right now, in our relationship, in my in 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 my familial relationship. Maybe that's what the gift is instead. And so I always have believed this story of the dead weight cost of Christmas really misses the most important point which is the giving is about the relationship you have with the person you're giving to. I want to thank you for listening today. This is an early wish for a Merry Christmas, but I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Spencer, for all the production work, and we'll see you next week for Inflation Saturday, Fed Saturday, King Banging Show, Biz 14. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. 
It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college and wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead? It looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that... Thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility, it's unsafe for you and your family, and it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto Glass. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on-time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952-423-6396. Or go to replace my windshield. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.